May the Lord bless you, brothers and sisters. Many blessings to you all. Many blessings to all of our viewers and all the people who are joining our our teaching, our sermon, our reflections that we have on Thursdays and on Sundays. And so, my Lord, I think, is very happy. I think he is very glad and pleased with us, those who up to this point have been faithful, faithful in listening to his word. Now, I say faithful because today we're going to speak concerning faithfulness, faithfulness with God. In the Bible, we find this word, this term, where God reiterates to people and he expects faithfulness and he teaches faithfulness that we must be faithful. And this is why today we're going to be reflecting on faithfulness. And speaking of certain people that were faithful to God, and we're also going to be taking from this teaching, we're going to receive it as an example for our own lives so that we too can follow the example of those great men of God who were faithful and who today, well, God wants us to be faithful as well, faithful to his name, to his path that he has presented to us in our lives. The way, this beautiful way that leads to eternal life. And so before we begin our sermon for the day, I invite you to be seated and that you get comfortable in your places and that you open yourself, you open your heart to glorify the Lord and give God thanks. And before that, well, we'll be singing, singing here to the Lord a hymn. We will be singing to the Lord hymn 213 titled the vine and the branches the vine being that tree of the uh, water i'm sorry the grape tree and the branches now in our lord jesus christ said in the gospel of john he said he was the vine he says i'm the vine the true vine and you are the branches everyone needs to bear fruit because those who do not bear fruit will be cut off and cast into the fire and those who do bear fruit well they will be pruned to bear more fruit and in this way god is pleased with us and will bless us god blesses all those who obey him who love him with all their heart and so we're going to sing the vine and the branches 2 13. Yo soy la vida y mi padre labrador. Vosotros pámpanos, dice el Salvador. Estad en mí y yo en ti y fruto llevaréis. Porque sin mí Nada podéis hacer jamás. Dios nos ha puesto los frutos a llevar, que permanezcan como un testimonio a Él. El que estuviera en la vida, 
vid le limpiará para que frutos abunden más y más. Luego pedir sin desmayar lo que deseas tú, el Dios de amor que te ama a ti, te lo dará. Glorificado así mi Padre es, en que llevéis mucho fruto y seáis siempre fiel. Por mis palabras vosotros limpios sois, con el amor de mi Padre amo yo. Dejad mi amor siempre brillar con todo su fulgor. Grato será obedecer mi voluntad. Todo mi gozo en vosotros estará y vuestro gozo con fruto cumplido será. Glory is for our God, and we thank the Lord for this opportunity to once again be here before the Lord and rejoicing with the teachings and with the reading of the Bible, reading the beautiful verses. And this is great happiness. Every time we open the Bible and we reflect on the Lord, our soul rejoices, our spirit rejoices, and is glad and happy because we feel God very close to us. We feel that God has not forsaken us or abandoned us. He is there watching us and knowing our difficulties or our sadness or bitterness, our joy, our happiness. He is a witness of all of our life, our daily life and experiences. And this is why when we take some time out for God, we take time to pray to God, we take time to praise and glorify His name, and we take the time to read the Bible. God is there. God is there with us, and He blesses us. He extends His hand and blesses us with showers of blessings. He does not forsake us. We must continue forward. We must be steadfast, be courageous, and make an effort. And today we're going to speak of faithfulness to God and to be faithful to God is to be consistent and to persevere. From the day that God gave us the opportunity to know His name, the first day that God allowed us to know him, maybe perhaps it was the day that we came to the church, the congregation, and we received prophecy. 
And in prophecy, God began to speak to our lives. God began to speak to you, to your heart. He spoke to your life, to your being. God began to tell you those secrets, those things that only you knew. And God brought them to light. And God comforted you and made you promises. And starting from that day, you made the decision to continue in the church. Starting that day, you said, I like this place because God is here and God manifests himself and I will continue here. And so in this way, you continued in the church as many others and we have continued in the congregation. But some people, they, maybe a year passes and then they regress. They stop coming to church and they don't want to come back anymore. Maybe after five years or 10 years, 15, 20. And then they get tired. And they no longer want to return to church because they're tired. Imagine God getting tired of giving us the oxygen that we need to breathe. Imagine God getting tired and no longer giving us rain or the sun of giving us the food that is available in the oceans. If God would be tired and then stop giving us what we need, we would die, we would perish. We would begin to scream and yell, shout, become crazy for the lack of something that we need and is essential to our lives. God has always been faithful. God is faithful and he wants us human beings to be faithful to him that we do not grow weary that we do not turn back this is very sad when many people write to me and they share their lives with me there are many people they share the things that they've done in their life from the moment they first came to church and some share with me that it's been 10 years since they came to church and then one of their family members regressed, turned back. They went back. They no longer wanted to come to church anymore. That is sad. Because what awaits these people? What awaits these men and these women who, after having enjoyed the spiritual blessings and the presence of God and the manifestation of the Holy Spirit, the spiritual gifts, after experiencing them in their lives, then the moment comes and the devil wins over them and the circumstances that they're facing and they turn back and they no longer continue to pray to God, praise Him or read the Bible or to congregate. In Hebrews, it says that these people, what awaits them is a terrible fire. Just like the earth that doesn't produce anymore, and if it does produce, maybe it produces thorns, well, they will be cut off and cast into the fire. Well, that is what's going to happen to those men and those women who turn back, who grow weary and are not faithful to God who were not capable of continue, continuing forward and continuing to march on in the search for eternal life. But as we want to learn, and we want to, again, want to remember these things, we will be reading some verses, some very few, 
because of the lack of time, we can't read everything that the Bible says concerning this, but there are some verses, and we will be reflecting on each of these verses, and we're opening up in Numbers. In the book of Numbers, it is in the beginning of the Bible. The first book is Genesis, then Exodus, then Numbers. Numbers chapter 12. In verse 7. Now, there's a subtitle for some Bibles that Mir Miriam and Aaron were uh, the sister and brother to Moses, and they complained and they spoke against Moses, now knowing that they were his sister and brother, but they were envious of Moses because God worried so much about Moses and God had named him as the leader, as the prophet of the people of Israel. God spoke to him and manifested himself to Moses and his sister and brother, Miriam and Aaron. They were envious and began to speak against him. Now, this came to the ears of our Lord, this complaint, and God was very angry against Miriam and Aaron, very angry with them. And so, in his anger, because I'm going to read a little bit concerning the context here. Now, in God's anger, in verse 4, it says that the Lord told Miriam and Aaron, Suddenly the Lord said to Moses, Aaron, and Miriam, Come out, you three, to the tabernacle of meeting. So the three came out. Then the Lord came down in the pillar of cloud and stood in the door of the tabernacle and called Aaron and Miriam. And they both went forward. Then he said, Hear now my words. If there is a prophet among you, if there is a prophet among you, I, the Lord, will make myself known to him in a vision. So the Lord was saying, when there are prophets among the people, I will appear before this prophet in a vision. In a dream, I will speak with this prophet. But in verse 7, it says, not so with my servant Moses. He says, not so with my servant Moses. He is faithful, faithful in all my house. And so God was rewarding or was going to reward the faithfulness that Moses had. He said, he, Moses, is faithful in all my house. And this is why I will make an exception with him. And I will speak with him face to face. This is what it says in verse 8. This is the reward. I will speak with Moses face to face, even plainly and not in dark sayings, meaning in figures or illustrations or parables. But Moses, he sees the form of the Lord. Why? Well, because you did not have any fear, were not afraid to speak against my servant Moses. And because they complained and they spoke against him, this is why the Lord said, I will keep Moses in that first place and I will manifest myself to him for he has been faithful. You failed. You failed with the envy you had and the jealousy you had. So here God highlighting faithfulness and God highlighting that those who are faithful to him, he rewards, he blesses them. So this is why those who maybe were in the church for five years or 10 or 15 years and then turned back, they could not withstand con to continue forward. Well, God did not give them any reward, but on the contrary or the opposite, what they will receive is a punishment. That is, what, that is what God will offer these people because things will go badly in their life. Because they thought that in the world, 
living life in the world, they would be better off and have better opportunities, and that is not so. Be faithful, and Moses is faithful in all my house, and I will reward him. That is what the Lord might say to every man, every woman who is faithful to him. Now we continue in 1 Samuel. 1 Samuel, which is after Judges. It's Joshua, Judges, and Samuel. 1 Samuel, chapter 2. We continue reading concerning faithfulness. 1 Samuel 2.35 Here in 1 Samuel chapter 2, God is angered against Eli, the high priest, because he had been tolerant with his sons and had tolerated their sin. Now, the Bible tells that the sons of Eli, they despised the offerings that were offered in the tabernacle. Those offerings that the people brought in, at the end, they needed to be distributed to the priest and his family as their support and sustenance. And the sons of Eli despised these offerings. Aside from that, they would lay with the women at the gate of the of the temple and this came to Eli's ears the high priest he found out about this and never said anything to them never disciplined them he never disciplined them but tolerated their sin the sin of his sons and God punished Eli and he punished his sons by removing the priesthood from them and so they were removed from being priests and God had said that their priesthood would be forever. But because Eli, the high priest, tolerated the sins of his sons, God punished and removed the priesthood. This is what this chapter 2 is regarding. Now this is why in verse 29, for we will be focusing on verse 35, but here in verse 29, God is saying in 29, Why do you kick at my sacrifice and my offering which I have commanded in my dwelling place? And honor your sons more than me, to make yourselves fat with the best of all the offerings of Israel, my people? So the Lord, the Lord was saying, Therefore the Lord God of Israel says, I said indeed that your house and the house of your father would walk before me forever. But now the Lord says, Far be it from me for those who honor me, I will honor, and those who despise me shall be lightly esteemed. Now we'll go here to verse 34. Now the Lord continues admonishing, admonishing Eli because of his sons. Now in 34, Now this shall be a sign to you that will come upon your two sons, Hophni and Phinehas, who had sinned. In one day they shall die, both of them. Then I will raise up for myself, it says, then I will raise up for myself a faithful priest. I will raise up a faithful priest who shall do according to what is in my heart and in my mind. I will build him a sure house and he shall walk before my anointed forever. Now here the Lord was referring to Samuel. For Samuel was a high priest and he was faithful to God and so the Lord punished Eli 
And this is why he said to him, I will raise up a faithful priest who does according to my heart and my mind. And he says, I will build him a sure house. This priest, Samuel, he also symbolized the high priest Melchizedek or the high priest, our Lord Jesus Christ, as high priest. For the Lord said that he would be setting his house and it would be sure. And so God here was rewarding the faithfulness of this priest that he was going to raise up, Samuel. And he punished the priest Eli, for he was not faithful to God. He did not keep the words. And how did he fail the Lord? Well, his faithfulness failed in the fact that he did not please God. He did not force his sons to do God's will and pleasing the Lord. But on the contrary, they were enjoying those material blessings God had given them and God had given to the priests and his sons were enjoying it and also misusing it with other women the punishment because they were not faithful and the reward for Samuel as a faithful priest it says God he would build him a sure house a very great blessing would come for this priest Samuel and so we are observing faithfulness because we want to be faithful to God and to be faithful to God does not implicate just one thing and saying, oh, I go to church every day and every single night I'm at church. And this person thinks that with that they're being faithful. No, there are many requirements that you need to meet. And as we continue to develop our readings, we will be observing all of the requirements we must gather and meet to be faithful to God. And what is faithfulness to the Lord? Now in 1 Samuel chapter 22, Chapter 22, we're here still in 1 Samuel. And so we have in verse 14, 22, 14. In 22, 14, there is another matter of faithfulness. And we find that King Saul he was or had already strayed from the righteous path of God and was offending the Lord with all of his bad actions. Starting off with the fact that he began to have envy and jealousy of David. For he realized that God had made a calling for David in the future, that David would be king. And Saul opposed himself, so he did anything possible to make sure he could remove David from his path. Many times he wanted to take his life. And he would send his armies to follow David, to take his life. He persecuted him. Saul pursued David. And among those persecutions, the story shares with us that David, while he fled from Saul, he arrived to uh, the house of Ahimelech in verse 14, chapter 22, verse 14 of Samuel. Now he arrived to Ahimelech's house, and Ahimelech 
he stood before Saul and Saul asked him if he knew where David was because he had been informed that Ahimelech had lended a hand to David. And Ahimelech answers the king and said, And who among all your servants is a faithful is as faithful as David? Who is the king's son-in-law? He was, he was basically saying to him, David is the most faithful. And Saul was infurious because Ahimelech had accepted him and, and kept him in his house and fed him, him and his men, because they were fleeing from Saul and his armies. And so Saul reproaches Ahimelech and says, well, David, David is so faithful. Who is as faithful as David? Only David has been faithful to you, king. And aside from this, David is your son-in-law because David had married one of Saul's daughters. And once again, I'll read 14. So Ahimelech answered the king and said, And who among all your servants is as faithful as David? Who is the king's son-in-law who goes at your bidding and is honorable in your house? And so he was speaking to him about faithfulness, but King Saul did not take heed. He did not pay attention to the words of Ahimelech, but he had someone take his life and some priests as well. He ordered to have their lives taken. I think 50 other priests died by the hand of Saul for the simple fact that they had lent a hand and had given food to David. But what Ahimelech wanted to soften his heart in saying, David has been faithful. The most faithful servant you've ever had is David. But this is how King Saul paid him back. And this is how mankind pays back. That's how human beings are. But God is not this way. God is faithful. And God repays with many blessings to all those who are faithful to him. And so now we go to Nehemiah. Let us go to Nehemiah. It is after Job or before Job is Nehemiah. Before Job and before Psalms and Job is Nehemiah in chapter 13, verse 13. Nehemiah 13. Verse 13, here we find in the context that Nehemiah had returned from Babylon with permission of, from the king, from a city called, it was a capital called Susa, and there, by the order of the king, Nehemiah went to Jerusalem, and the city was destroyed. It had been set on fire. The temple was all burnt. It had been 70 years of desolation. There was no one living there. Jerusalem was vacant because, at that point, King Nebuchadnezzar and all of his armies had destroyed Jerusalem, the temple, and all of the walls. And he burnt the temple that Solomon had built, and among the people that they took to Babylon, Nehemiah was among them. Only that Nehemiah later on, he 
was lucky and he was employed in different places and Nehemiah finds grace before the king and shares with the king that his Jerusalem is desolate and it is destroyed, all the walls, the temple no longer exists, the city is destroyed, there are no inhabitants. And he spoke with the king and the king said, go to Jerusalem and I will give you all the things that you need so that you may rebuild the city so that once again it can be as it was before. So Nehemiah did so. He went and he named many others, those who had also been led as captives and returned back with him. And he named a group of people. And the people there also began to donate. There were donations for re the rebuilding of the temple and to rebuild and repair the walls. And they needed, of course, money. And they needed everything because there was nothing that they had to start off with. But there were many uh, generous people that donated. And so he had to name a few people to manage the monies, to manage all of the materials and the donations that were received. And they began to do the work. And then no one should steal. No one should go and be, be dishonest and dishonorable, but truly should know how to manage everything that had been set in their hands. And so this is what this chapter 13 is about. Now in verse 13, he appointed some people in verse 11. So Nehemiah says, so I contended with the rulers and said, why is the house of God forsaken? And I gathered them together and set them in their place. Then all Judah brought the tithe of the grain and the new wine and the oil to the storehouse. And so they began to bring everything that they could to the land of, Ju of Judah. They brought to Jerusalem all this food and also money. And it says, and I appointed as treasurers over the storehouse. So treasurers of all of the donations and tithes. He said he appointed uh, Shilamiah, the priest, and Zadok, the scribe, and of the Levites, Padiah, and next to them was Hanan, the son of Zakor, the son of Madaniah, for they were considered, these men, they were considered faithful, and their task was to distribute to their brethren. So faithfulness, here, the faithfulness of this men, what was it used for? Well, it was so that someone could trust them someone to trust in them and to trust them with riches because there were many things the whole land of judah came and brought their tithes they brought all of these donations there were many things that they received and the faithful earned the right to have this position they did their work perfectly and god blessed them God prospered them for having been faithful. They were being faithful with those physical material treasures because they were going to use all of this to rebuild the city. And this faithfulness God saw, observed, and rewarded. And so faithfulness is very important. And we, I think... I think we have the desire to always be faithful no matter what happens in life, whatever may happen or occur. We must be faithful and continue forward in the path God has set for us. We have no need to lose heart 
or be faint-hearted or turn back, why should we go back to the world if the world offers us nothing? In the world, it is expensive for people to enjoy all of the pleasures of the world. That costs a lot of money. But God gives to us to enjoy many things. And God gives it with great facility and ease. And so, faithfulness is so important. And now we go on to Psalms after Nehemiah is Job and then Psalms in Psalm 31. Psalm 31, the Lord speaks of faithfulness, or David speaks of it, and what he gives to the faithful. Psalm 31, 23. And the blessings here in this psalm, this psalm uh, from David, inspired by the Spirit of the Lord, his prophetic psalm and song that he sung for the Lord, but it was a prophecy. It was God himself speaking in the mouth of David, the Lord Jesus Christ speaking by David's mouth. Now, in 22, verse 22 says, For I said in my haste, I am caught off from before your eyes. Meaning that he, he took haste to speak with the Lord, this person. Now, this person could be our Lord Jesus Christ. It could be King David. It could be someone from the remnant that was saved or it could be one of the believers, followers of the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. This could happen to any of them. For it said, I said in my haste, I, so I spoke hastily, or I spoke quickly without thinking or without analyzing. I spoke too soon. And it said, I am cut off from before your eyes. Nevertheless, you heard the voice of my supplications when I cried out to you. You heard the voice of my supplications when I cried out. And now as God hears, he hears the pleas of the righteous, of his son or his daughter, those children of God, those followers of the Lord, those faithful to God. God, as he hears them in verse 23, this is the invitation to love God. Oh, love the Lord, all of you, his saints. Who are the saints? The believers in Jesus Christ, the followers of the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, those who do God's will. What is it to do God's will? To keep the commandments. What is it to keep the commandments? Not to sin, to turn away from everything that is called sin and not to do it. These are the saints. And it says that we must love. It says, all you his saints, love the Lord. Love God. It says, for the Lord preserves the faithful. The faithful. It says, the Lord preserves the faithful. He protects them. And so, the faithful... My dear brothers and sisters, if there is a pestilence, if there is a sickness, God preserves the faithful. He protects them from sickness. He protects them from the pestilence. He protects them from danger, from kidnapping, from murders, 
He protects them from evil days. He protects them from going hungry or protects them from an accident. God protects and keeps the faithful and fully repays the proud person. So a person that is proud, well, he pays them for their stubbornness. Likewise, the Lord leaves them to be and abandons them. And so the person then suffers the consequences because they were not faithful to God. They got tired halfway through the way or a quarter through the way or maybe starting along the way. They got tired and turned back because they could not tolerate or resist and continuing to praise God and reading the Bible and doing God's will. They could not withstand it or tolerate it. So they turned back and they became unfaithful and God leaves them to be, to suffer the consequences of their stubbornness, their disbelief, their arrogance or rebellion. But the faithful God preserves of all evil, preserves them from all evil, all circumstances, all evil circumstances. God is protecting and preserving the faithful. Let us go to Psalm 101. Verse 6. King David here as well, prophesying, singing to the Lord, and giving his prophecy. Now, in David's mouth, God was speaking, and God says, My eyes shall be on the faithful of the land. My eyes, the Lord says, My eyes shall be on the faithful of the land. Blessed is the Lord, and thanks be to our God. What a blessing! What a beautiful promise that God is making us. The faithful we must be faithful. Let us be faithful to receive this great blessing. My eyes shall be on the faithful of the land that they may dwell with me. He who walks in a perfect way, he shall serve me. Blessed is the name of the Lord. Those who walk in a perfect way, those who walk in the way in which the commandments of God are fulfilled and kept. To walk in perfection means to keep and observe the commandments of God. To keep the commandments of the Lord, it means not to sin, not to live in sin, and not to be envious, arrogant, selfish, greedy, to be a, a thief, an adulterer, a fornicator, all of these things and more. All of this is sin. All, to all of that we call sin. And so those who walk in a perfect way, well, it is all of those who do not practice those sins. And these are who serve God, the faithful. Those who walk in the way of perfection, these are who serve God. And God, he says, his eyes are upon them, these people, and he blesses them and protects them. And so you, today, join the group of the faithful, the group of those who walk in the way of perfection. If you want to be happy in life, if you want to have God's blessings and God have God's hand and his eyes upon you to bless you, join the group. We continue with Isaiah. In Isaiah, chapter 1, 
Isaiah 1. Here in Isaiah 1, the Lord is full of wrath against the people of Israel in the time of antiquity. The Lord was very angry and he sent Isaiah to send a prophetic message to the kings and the principalities and governors of, the, of Jerusalem and Judea to the priests and the prophets, to all of those, he, he sent him to go and preach to them and to give them a wake-up call, an admonishment to repent, to be faithful, for they had left the path of faithfulness. They were no longer faithful to God. And God gives them a wake-up call here in verse 18. Come now. Let us reason together. Let us reason together, says the Lord. Though your sins are like scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Though they are red like crimson, they shall be as wool. If you are willing and obedient, you shall eat the good of the land. But if you refuse and rebel, you shall be devoured by the sword. For the mouth of the Lord has spoken. Verse 21. Now the Lord says, how the faithful city has become a harlot. It was full of justice. God had made his holy nation a people to praise him, to glorify him, honor him, led by Moses. And there in the wilderness, Moses taught them to praise God, to seek him, and God gave them the laws so that they could be holy and perfect and to walk in the way of perfection, to be faithful. But as we see here, this was not so. He says how the faithful city has become a harlot. Speaking to Jerusalem, it was full of justice, righteousness lodged in it, yes, when the Lord spoke to Moses. That's when righteousness lodged, but once Moses left, everything turned to evil within the people. Now it says, but now murderers, how you have become a harlot, O faithful city. It was full of justice, righteousness lodged in it, but now murderers. So now no righteousness or justice exists in this city or in this land, but what exists are murderers and those who are unfaithful. God here is angry with the people, the people of antiquity, and God gave them a punishment because we are here in Isaiah, which was many ages before the people, some people were taken to Babylon and the armies of Babylon then came to destroy Jerusalem all of those who dwelled in Jerusalem. And so this prophecy from Isaiah was before all of that. God sent this prophecy so that they could repent, so that he would not send the Babylon armies, but this was not so. They were unfaithful to God. They became idolaters, and they performed and carried out many abominations and, and practiced many sins. And they profaned, defiled the temple of Solomon that God had built for God. They brought women there, harlots. They were 
playing the harlot there with idols and all of the idolatry that they had within the temple so they were unfaithful this is why the lord punished them in this way sending the armies to destroy them now we go to chapter 11 isaiah chapter 11 in verse number five now here is a promise also spoken by isaiah a promise in which God speaks for the future. Now you, those in Jerusalem, those do not want to repent. You are arrogant. You are unfaithful. And you do not want to repent. In the future, I will send a person. This person will be faithful in my house. And he will raise up a holy nation, a perfect nation, to walk in perfection, a people made up of sons and daughters of God who keep the commandments of the Lord and who walk in the way of perfection and are faithful to God. In the future, I will raise up this nation, said the Lord. And in verse 5, now let us read a little before then, before that, 11.1, there shall come forth a rod from the stem of Jesse, and a branch shall grow out of his roots. And this is in reference to Jesus Christ in the future. The spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him, the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and of the fear of the Lord. So all of this will rest upon this king, this Messiah, the Savior. And then he continues to say, or describe the traits and qualities for this king in the future. And this was all in reference to the Lord. Now in verse 5, it says, Righteousness, although in verse 4, it says this person, after having all of these qualities and spiritual traits, it says, but with righteousness, he shall judge the poor. Now that this is the poor in spirit, not the poor in money but poor in spirit. So all those who had no voice or say or any type of authority, but they were living as slaves and subjects of the governors and of the principalities of the people of Israel. And they lived as slaves and they were mistreated and they were harmed. And so they could not speak for themselves because they had no right. The others, they were those in command they were the ones who were the principalities. This is why the Lord said the poor, the poor in spirit. He says, but with righteousness, he shall judge the poor and decide with equity for the meek of the earth, the poor and the meek. That is all in reference to the same people. The meek are those who open their heart to hear the word of God and accept it and to live it, to practice the word of God. These are the meek. He shall strike the earth with the rod of his mouth. Yes, well, our Lord Jesus Christ, he preached and he taught and he was strict with those unbelievers. And it says, and with the breath of his mouth, with his lips, he shall slay the wicked. This is all true. When our Lord Jesus Christ said, Pharisees, hypocrites. This is what he said to him. A generation of vipers. He told the hypocrites, the wicked. And so this verse came to pass he says he shall slay the wicked verse 5 righteousness shall be the belt of his loins so this is the righteousness of the messiah the king righteousness shall be the belt of his loins the loins in reference to his waist and faithfulness the belt of his waist it's the same thing it's redundant with different words 
Again, righteousness shall be the belt of his loins and faithfulness the belt of his waist. This is the same. But faithfulness is what we emphasize. Faithfulness. God rewards faithfulness. And what a beautiful reward God gives to the Lord when he says he gives them that spirit, that wisdom and understanding, counsel, wisdom, that fear of the Lord. He will be diligent and he will not judge according to his eyes, but according to his hearing and what God reveals to him. That is how he will judge. He will judge with righteousness because he is faithful, because he was faithful, because faithfulness lived in him and he taught us to be faithful. He teaches us to be faithful. Jeremiah 2.2. Let us go to Jeremiah 2.2 to see what it tells us concerning faithfulness. Now in Jeremiah, the Lord sends him to prophesy. He tells Jeremiah, go, go and cry in the hearing of Jerusalem, saying, prophesy to them. Thus says the Lord, I remember you the kindness or faithfulness of your youth, the love of your betrothal. Now, what was this kindness or the faithfulness of the youth? When he tells Jeremiah, go and prophesy to the people of Jerusalem, go prophesy to them, I remember you. The kindness or faithfulness here again, the faithfulness of your youth. They were once faithful. But that was a long time ago, and that was when they were with Moses. When they were with Moses before creating that golden calf in the wilderness, they walked with Moses for some time, and they were faithful when they had left when they had left Egypt, when they passed through the Red Sea, and when they camped or they sat by Mount Sinai, and when Moses received the tablets of the law of God. That's when they were faithful. But later on unfaithfulness is what began to reign and they began to practice idolatry and created a golden calf to worship it and this is why the Lord says I remember you the faithfulness of your youth the love of your betrothal because the Lord he betrothed them he betrothed himself to them when he led them out by the hand of Moses out of the land of Egypt the Lord said he was their husband and the people were his wife this is the way God speaks and how he treats us he today as well, the Lord Jesus Christ, he is the husband, the church, the believers, they are the wife. And so we too, we must desire to be there among the group. Now it says, the love of your betrothal when you went after me in the wilderness. Now how beautiful. God is so romantic. The way that he tells Jeremiah to go and prophesy to them that he remembered their faithfulness in the youth and the love of their betrothal when you went after me in the wilderness in a land not sown. When he had sent them the manna, when God had sent them the quails, when God was there with Moses, God is remembering those days. Those were the few days, the, the very little time that they were faithful to God. Faithfulness of their youth. Now that faithfulness, it did not last long because later on that they sinned and God was angered by it and he turns away from them and punishes them with death there in the wilderness. And how beautiful faithfulness is and up to what we read 
we are rejoicing in that faithfulness to God and I want to be faithful to the Lord. I want to, I don't know about you. Do you want to? I think you do. Now let us go to Daniel. Let us go to the book of Daniel. It is further ahead. There is Jeremiah, the, the Ezekiel, Lamentations, and Daniel. Daniel 6, 4. Daniel 6, 4. Now, here in the book of Daniel, let us remember the story. Daniel is in Babylon. And Daniel, he was thrown into the lion's den because those who were envious accused him before the king. And as he was accused before the king, the poor Daniel had to be thrown into the lion's den, but as he was faithful to God, and what happened with Daniel's faithfulness? What happened with Daniel's faithfulness? Now, in verse 1, I'll read very quickly, 6-1. It pleased Darius to set over the kingdom 120 satraps to be over the whole kingdom, and over these three governors, of whom Daniel was one that the satraps might give account to them so that the king would suffer no loss. Then this Daniel distinguished himself above the governors and satraps because an excellent spirit was in him. As he had God in his heart, this is why he had an excellent spirit. And the king gave thought to setting him over the whole realm. Now, this is Daniel's blessing because he was faithful. The king wanted to set him to govern and rule over the whole realm. Now in verse 4, so the governors and satraps, they were envious and sought to find some charge against Daniel concerning the kingdom. But they could find no charge or fault in Daniel because he was faithful. Faithful nor was there any error or fault found in him, in Daniel. How beautiful, what a testimony. That testimony that today Daniel is giving us, that governors, the king himself saw Daniel's faithfulness and this is why he wanted him to rule over the whole realm. He trusted in Daniel. This was the blessing. This was the payment he received for being faithful. His faithfulness. And now this faithfulness came by God's hand. And so this gives us so much joy. Do you see brothers and sisters being faithful? Everything that we can gain and earn we earn a lot. We gain a lot by faithfulness, with faithfulness. Let us be faithful. Daniel's faithfulness, and we place that on high. We set it on high. Now, here are the enemies. They, they sent Daniel to be sent to the lion's den, but God protected him as he was faithful. God shut the lion's mouth, and they did nothing, no harm to Daniel. Now, let us go to Matthew. Matthew 24, 45. Matthew 24, 45. Our Lord Jesus Christ is preaching the kingdom of heaven. He's preaching his gospel and teaching people how to live a good life and how to walk that perfect righteous path of our Lord. Now our Lord Jesus Christ tells all those who were listening at the time 
And he says to them, who then is a faithful and wise servant whom his master made ruler over his household to give them food in due season? Now the Lord asked, who? Who is this faithful and wise servant? Whom his master, his boss, his manager, made ruler over his household. And many depended on this person to give food in due season. All of the employees to receive everything in, it, in its due time. Well, this servant, this steward, what could we call this person today? And maybe in an industry or maybe with a small business or a factory and the owner tells one person he says you i'm going to set you to manage the whole entire company because you're faithful and as you're faithful i'm going to give you this responsibility and i trust in you and so this person does their job perfectly and they receive good pay and they receive good retribution and the owner they always want to have them with them, will always give them a job. And aside from that, give them many rewards and gifts, trips or vacation time because they're faithful. And so faithfulness. And if we are faithful to God, how much more do we receive from God? How many blessings do we receive from God because of the faithfulness we have to him? If the faithful of the earth of the world and we're going to read an example about that if they receive a benefit well with greater reason the benefit we receive from god for being faithful to him and following in his path will be greater matthew 25 verse 21 matthew 25 verse 1 now this spoke of a servant that his Master went far away and left them all with a job or a task to do, and then they all gave them a response to the work and the goods that they had acquired during the time that their master had left them in charge of. And in verse 21, to some, the Lord says, So, good faithful servant, it says, I have only giving you five talents to another he left them with one talent to another he left them with ten talents and each of them says well to whoever he left five talents with well now I have ten for you and the Lord says very well great thanks good and faithful servant you were faithful over a few things I will make you ruler over many things enter into the joy of your Lord and so the Lord was going to give him a higher or a better job he was going to promote him with better salary surely because he was very faithful he had been faithful and this is what god or this man was pleased with first corinthians in first corinthians chapter four chapter four verse two first corinthians chapter four verse two it says Now, Apostle Paul is advising and guiding the believers there in the church in Corinth. And he is telling them that they all need to work diligently and be good servants to God and serve with love, serve with joy. 
so that they could bear a good testimony to the world. Now in verse 1 it says, Let a man so consider us as servants of Christ and stewards of the mysteries of God. Moreover, now again, those mysteries of God, they are the gospel. Now it says, Moreover, it is required in stewards that one be found faithful, that you... As a steward, you are ministering that word of God and the pure gospel of our Lord faithfully and that you do not go off and teach errors and do not cause the people to be mistaken, but that everything should be perfect and right, that you be faithful in your path and in the doctrine that you teach so that God blesses you so that you can triumph and give good testimony. This is what was needed. And so in 2 Corinthians, we now go to chapter 11. 2 Corinthians 11, in verse number 3. 2 Corinthians 11, verse 3. What does it say? Apostle Paul is teaching. The apostle says in verse 2, to the believers, he says, For I am jealous for you with godly jealousy. For I have betrothed you to one husband, meaning Christ, that I may present you as a chaste virgin to Christ. So the believers, metaphorically speaking, they are a chaste virgin without spot that God will perfect to celebrate a marriage. And our Lord Jesus Christ was the bridegroom or the husband. Verse 3, but I fear lest someone, lest somehow, as the serpent deceived Eve by his craftiness, so your minds may be corrupted from the simplicity that is in Christ. He, the apostle, again, he says, I fear, I fear, I, I, I know that you need to learn more doctrine. You need to be strong and courageous because what's at stake, what, what's possibly in danger, he told the Corinthians, is your spiritual life. What's in danger is your spiritual life, that in one way or another, you may be corrupted because the devil, the enemy, may set traps and you may be removed from the simplicity or that faithfulness that is in Christ because our Lord Jesus Christ was the first to be faithful. And he gave us that example. He bared witness of that. And he says, imitate me, the Lord said, you must imitate me, that faithfulness of our Lord. Ephesians, in Ephesians 6, 1, 21, after Corinthians is Galatians and Ephesians, Ephesians 6, 21. Now, Apostle Paul also here speaking, but that you also may know my affairs. He is speaking to the church in Ephesus and how I am doing. And Tychicus, who was another disciple, another apostle, just as Paul, it says, a beloved brother and faithful minister in the Lord. How beautiful it is to hear these words spoken by someone like Apostle Paul saying that Tychicus was a beloved and faithful minister. For him to say that he was a faithful minister is because he knew his testimony, not just him, but all of the church and all of the places that knew of him. They bared witness 
of his faithfulness and of his work, of his ministry, and how he faithfully ministered the work of God. And Apostle Paul used him as an example for the believers so that they could observe his example and follow it. Now, let us go to Revelation. The reward God gives to the faithful. Revelation 2. This is in the beginning of Revelation chapter 2. The Lord sends messages to the church in Asia in that time. And he sends the messages and this is a wake-up call. But the Lord is also offering a blessing to those who were faithful and followers with faithfulness in the path of our Lord Jesus Christ. 2.10 He says, Do not fear any of those things which you are about to suffer. Indeed, the devil is about to throw some of you into prison, that you may be tested. But do not worry, he says. You will be tested, but do not worry. The devil is envious. And it says, And you will have tribulation, 10 days so do not worry about this tribulation God will lead you into victory and it says be faithful until death be faithful until death and brothers and sisters I know people that are faithful only 5 years others are faithful 10 years or 15 years 20 years I don't know how many more and that is how long they were faithful and then they left the church. They regressed. They turned back to the world to live life in the world, a sinful life, to practice sin and to live of those sinful pleasures because their faithfulness ran out. Now it says here, until death. Be faithful until death. Now if someone is faithful until death, the Lord says, I will give you the crown of life the crown of eternal life. Blessed is our Lord. Now we go to Luke to conclude. Let us read here in the Gospel of Luke concerning a case of a steward or an unfaithful steward or a faithful steward. I don't remember quite now. Now we're going to read concerning this steward. I believe it's the unfaithful steward. Luke 16, which says, Our Lord Jesus Christ, he shared or spoke a parable concerning the unfaithful steward so that all the believers, all those who were listening, his disciples and his enemies, the wicked and the Pharisees, they also were, they were also listening and the Lord said, there was a certain rich man who had a steward. Now, when the Lord, when he was going to speak a parable and teach it, he would say, the kingdom of heaven is like, and here, the kingdom of heaven is like a certain rich man who had a steward. And an accusation was brought to him that this man was wasting his goods. So this steward was stealing from him. This, this rich man had many riches and businesses and the steward was stealing now this happens today we see this 
in a lot in a lot of places. So he called him and he said to him, what is this I hear about you? Give an account of your stewardship for you can no longer be steward. So he's saying, I'm going to fire you, remove you. You're going to be fired from your position. And so you need to render an account of everything because I'm going to give this position to someone else because you were not faithful. This is what he had heard. So the steward in verse 3, then the steward said within himself, what shall I do? For my master is taking the stewardship away from me. And he was saying, I cannot dig. He was old. I am ashamed to beg, is what he said as well. He says, I have resolved what to do, that when I am put out of the stewardship, they may receive me into their houses. So he called every one of his master's debtors to him and said to the first, how much do you owe my master? And he said, a hundred measures of oil. So he said to him, take your bill and sit and, and sit down quickly and write 50. And he said to another, how much do you owe? So he said, a hundred measures of wheat. And he said to him, take your bill and write 80. So the master, so this man, he did so continuously with other debtors. He gave them about 50% or 60, 70% off, 20% off is what he, he took off. And he took this off without him being the owner of the riches of, or the money. It was his master's. He was just an employee. But he, to earn, to earn these people, to win them over, because he said, I no longer have my stewardship. I can't beg because I'm ashamed and I'm too old to dig and to work and to labor. So these people will receive me into their homes to work because I was good to them, because I reduced 50 to 60 to 70% of their debt. So they're going to pay back pay me back with receiving me in. And that's what he thought. So the, stu or the master, he found out what this steward had done. And this is why in verse 8, so the master commended the unjust steward because he had dealt shrewdly, meaning he was admired by his shrewdness. For he was so shrewd and cunning. And our Lord Jesus Christ, he said, well, the sons of this world are more shrewd in their generation than the sons of light. This is what the Lord said. The sons of light, they don't have this shrewdness. The people of the world, the, those who live in the world sinning, they are very shrewd, they're cunning and astute to do what is evil. The, the sons of light do not have this astuteness, this cunningness and shrewdness to do what is evil. So this is what the master, he realized the shrewdness in how he acted and so our Lord Jesus Christ, he said, well, the master, it says he commended the unjust steward because he had dealt shrewdly. But our Lord Jesus Christ saw the actions of this unfaithful servant to be bad. He did not look upon this well. And he said to them, I say to you, make friends for yourselves by unrighteous mammon that when you fail, they may receive you into everlasting homes. So he was saying, win over with honorability. Be honorable, be upright, be equitable, and upright and blameless in your work, wherever you are, in your small business, in your factory, out in the field, 
with the crops, whatever company it is you work for, you must be honorable and honest. Do not do what this steward did because things will go badly for you. You could even be thrown into jail. And aside from that, God would be angered with you because you are not being faithful. You're not being faithful to your manager, your boss, the owner. And so the Lord says, you must make friends for yourselves, but with a good testimony, with your good example, so that one day God may accept you and receive you in blessings. God will embrace you, cover you, and will bless you for your attitude, for your good works, your good honorable work that you did, for your honesty. It is God who will bless you. And maybe even perhaps your own manager, the, the businessman, the factory owner, whatever you want to call it, maybe they perhaps will also bless you and, and give you honors because you were a faithful, honorable, honorable person in your job. This could happen as well. But if it's not so, God will then pay you. And so the Lord Jesus Christ saw this very badly, what the steward did. And so he said, Therefore, he who is faithful in what is least in ten is faithful also in much. So no matter what, they are always faithful. And he who is unjust in what is least is unjust also in much. Therefore, if you have not been faithful in the unrighteous mammon, giving the understanding that with this steward, this unrighteous man in beating the people of the world, those businessmen, people of the world, they and their riches. This steward was not capable of being faithful in the unrighteous mammon. How can then God commit and trust a person like this who has never been faithful in their work, never been faithful in the company that they work in? Where do they work? Maybe the hospital, maybe at a store or a restaurant, maybe at a factory, whatever it might be. Were they faithful? Were they honorable? Were they upright? Were they just? Because according to how they have been, one day God will then entrust you with a lot of spiritual work because he says this person has been so faithful in life. They've been so faithful with the people of the world and with unrighteous mammon. How then can I not also entrust them to minister for me in my church, to, to trust them with my congregation and to minister and do that work faithfully? Because I will put them on high and bless them and my eyes will always be upon those faithful. And so that faithfulness starts physically humanly with people around us and thereafter God observes us and he elects and says this person is perfect look at the good example the good testimony in their life in their work and what they've done and how they've done it they were faithful so I will bless them I will make a calling to them I will give them spiritual gifts I will give them power and support and I will make of this person a man or woman that is great in my work, in my church. And one day they will have eternal life for they will be so faithful and they will continue faithful until death. Again, it says, be faithful until death. And so faithfulness. Don't you think faithfulness with God starts also 
with the good way we live our life in the world, our physical life, without knowing God? How did you live before? God is observing you. And so, we, we ought to be intelligent to understand and know what the Lord places in our hands. And honorability and faithfulness. And the Lord here, the Lord, he says, and if you have not, so if with unrighteous mammon, who will commit to your trust the true riches? And if you have not been faithful in what is another man's, who will give what who will give you what is your own if you have been an irresponsible person if you were not capable of being in the church for 5 10 years because you grew tired how can god then expect this person or how can this person then expect blessings from god they can't expect these blessings from god they remain there halfway through the path or just in the beginning of the path let us be faithful to God and He will give us His blessing. Not just blessings here in this world, but later on He will give us eternal life because the Lord says, be faithful until death. Until death is when we must be faithful. We cannot turn back. This is an invitation to you all so that you continue following the Lord. Read the Bible. Pray to God. And when you pray to God, say, Lord, Show me. Show me the path I ought to follow because I want to be faithful and I want to please you. I want to do your will. Keep your commandments because I want to be faithful until death. Teach me the way, Lord, because I have doubts. There are so many religions there are so many denominations. One tells me that it is there. Another tells me it is there. But Lord, I want the truth because I want to please you. But you, of course, must be sincere. Be sincere. Speak with your heart to God so that he may answer you, guide you, and lead you down the path you ought to follow. If maybe you don't want to believe in us, then ask God because he too can guide you. But if God sees that you are sincere, God will guide you. If you are not sincere, God will not. And so, an invitation, so that all may continue to follow faithfulness to God. Let us pray. And so, praying to our God, giving the Lord thanks, and also, let us place our petitions and our sicknesses before Him. All of your sicknesses, all of your needs, and of course, witchcraft, sorcery. I know you write to me about this, and you are scourged by the devil with all of these circumstances. So let us pray to God, O Heavenly, Almighty Father, Holy, Eternal God, Creator of the heavens and earth, our God who is faithful, our God who has been faithful to us because your faithfulness, Lord, your faithfulness is always, has always existed from eterni eternity, all eternity. And your promises, Lord, are faithful and they are true. Your word is faithful. You are the truth. You are the way, the life. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Heavenly Father, 
for allowing us to be before your presence. Thank you, Lord, for placing your eyes upon those who cry out to you with all of their heart, with sincerity. And you, Lord, you bow down your ear and you look upon those hearts and you protect them, you preserve them, you bless them. And you make us promises, marvelous promises, and you fulfill every one of those things that we ask for, you fulfill it in our lives. Because you have fulfilled so many things in our life and in our being, in our daily life. Thank you, Lord. This is why we know that you exist. And this is why we preach a living God of power, a God that manifests himself. Thank you, Lord, for you are bringing the Bible to life. And you will continue to bring it to life forever. Because your Holy Spirit is the one that is there near us, enlightening us, guiding us, leading us and teaching us. Thank you, Lord, because we are not alone. You are with us, Lord. Thank you, eternal God. Thank you, Heavenly Father and Creator. Thank you, my Lord, for you are watching and observing each person, observing each man, each woman. You see their needs. There are many that are suffering. They have different sorts of problems and there are circumstances that cause them to suffer and to weep and cry. And Lord, you know, you know each person and their situation, their problem, their difficulty, their sickness. And this is why, Lord, we ask you with all of our heart that you have mercy and that you hear the pleas and that you see the needs of each person, the diverse sicknesses that strike the bodies of many people, people of all ages. They are stricken with different sicknesses and pains. Also, by witchcraft and sorcery and curses. The enemy, the devil, is always roaming, trying to destroy the souls and steal people's peace. Lord, rebuke the enemy. Rebuke all sickness. Rebuke all evil spirit. Break chains, Lord. Break ties. Break shackles. Destroy all work of the enemy. And give that cleanness of the soul and freedom to those souls who need you. Those beings that are crying out to you and asking you. They say they don't know how to pray and ask you that you don't listen to them. But I know, my Lord, that you do see them and you do hear them. I know that you will have mercy of them all. Because these are your promises, Lord. Thank you, Holy Father, because your promises are faithful and true. Thank you, Lord. All praises are to you, Lord. All honor is for you. The glory is for you. Thank you, my Lord. Thank you, my Father. We praise you. We bless you. We give you the honor, the glory. Holy is your name. Blessed are you forevermore. Thank you, my Lord. And to all those that are suffering, Lord, may you give them comfort. Give them dreams, give them visions, comfort them, Lord, because they don't have the opportunity right now to hear prophecy. So comfort them through dreams and visions and make their hearts joyful 
and glad so that they can continue forward and help them with faithfulness so that they are faithful to you until death, my Lord. Thank you, my Father. In the glorious name of Jesus Christ, your beloved Son, I ask and pray, Lord. Thank you for hearing us. Thank you for listening, Lord. Thank you for having mercy and having patience with all of us. May the honor, the glory, all praise be for you now and evermore. Amen. Glory to the Lord. We will sing to our Lord Chorus number five titled, This is what Jesus says. Así dice Jesús, así, 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 venid todos conmigo y os haré feliz. Y cuando se ha llamado tu nombre allí, responderás gozoso, Señor, heme aquí. Así dice Jesús, así, así, así. Venid todos conmigo y os haré feliz. Y cuando se ha llamado tu nombre allí, responderás gozoso, Señor, heme aquí. Glory and honor is for our God, and we give the Lord thanks. And you receive many blessings from the Lord. Continue forward. Do not forget faithfulness to our God. He deserves it. Thank you, my dear brothers and sisters. Thank you to all of our viewers. May my God bless you. I love you with all my heart. I always think of you every day and I ask God that he allow that very soon we may reopen the congregation so that you can go and enjoy the gift of prophecy and the laying on of hands. Thank you and may God bless you.